Welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag, and thanks to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge, and Intrepid. Now, my guest this week is Andy Sanderson. Now, Andy is the head of UK security operations at Tesco. Now, Andy's career experience is diverse with expertise in loss prevention, an extensive retail background, remote and area management, working in a fast-paced, ever-changing customer service industry, both single and multi-site, as is retail. Now, with extensive experience in developing people, problem-solving and achieving results, and his experience in change management and project management is vast, including structure and business change. So, Andy, welcome. Hi, Paul. Thanks very much for having me today and look forward to our conversation today. Yeah, now I know you and I have been trying to uh, find a slot in the diary for uh, yeah. for a little while to chat. So delighted we've managed to get that. But before we sort of get into your current role uh, within Tesco, can't, I want to go way back when young young Andy, short trousers, staring out the window at, at school. What yeah. was the intended career way back then? That's a great question. Um well, like all young young men, I suppose, I wanted to either be a football player or an astronaut. Um, was at school, uh, got a job in Tesco when I was 15 um, on a Saturday. Um, and then it just kind of went from there, really, and stayed with Tesco for 32 years uh, thereafter. And, and obviously, I presume you're still waiting for the Tesco space programme. Is there is there an alliance with Virgin Galactic on the horizon, maybe? Yeah, I'm not sure there is, but I definitely wouldn't mind putting my hand up for a, a trip to the moon or Mars. And 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 the uh, and the football career did that uh, did that ever get legs? Maybe the uh, Tesco it, starting eleven. It was okay, and then I uh, unfortunately snapped my Achilles tendon playing football for Tesco. Funny enough, actually, when we uh, when I was a store manager, so I had to uh, put that one on the back burner. Well, was that was that an uh, an intercompany game, or was that against one of the competitors? When over enthusiastic, I know it's um all 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 in all intercompany in there. Yeah, it was all in good spirit. So there you go. So. Uh, started at uh, was it 15 you 15, said yeah um uh, yeah a year before my mom was 16 stacking shelves at the co-op were you writing you know sort of uh, at the coal face as it were with the uh with the with the tins on the shelves yeah so my first job funny enough was working on a tin on a saturday uh worked in a small store in where, where i lived at the time in swindon um uh serving customers getting to know people um and then as you do you progress putting beans on the shelf so to speak with the uh with I guess the tagline uh but yeah learned loads of stuff about people me and how to interact with different different individuals so it was a great a great learning and and from that sort of initial start on the checkout did you see a full-time position advertised and you think okay that might be good for me or did they come a knocking and say actually Andy you're pretty good would you like to stick around <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess um, as, I, as I finished my A-levels, really, I, I kind of really enjoyed working in retail. And the, the good thing about retail is just the breadth of opportunity. There's so many different uh, stores, platforms, parts of the business you can work in. Um, and it just kind of all came together when I finished doing my education um, and then just moved into a full-time role and then then into a manager role, really, and just loved the whole um, experience of being able to manage people and learn about different parts of the business so so yeah it just kind of happens i'm just thinking uh way back then was that uh, i remember when uh, sunday opening first came around we used yeah. to get sundays off didn't we that's the right stores. yeah and, and then it, days and everything else yeah absolutely so so talk me through these these 30 years the roles that you've done and the areas of the business that you've been in been involved in yeah, uh, so uh, as I say, started off as a colleague, worked through a number of department manager roles um, and then went in, spent some time in our office working on a promotional and trade role. 
Um, and that really opened my eyes to the breadth of the business really outside of the four walls of a store that you'd worked in. Um, and then I came back from that, ran large stores for 16 years um, across a number of cities and towns, and then spent sort of two years in a loss prevention role, focusing mostly on on risk and loss in in a, in a particular group of large stores. Um, and then spent six and a half years as an area manager in convenience, uh, right through the pandemic and, and the other side of that. Um, and then in the last few years, I spent some time in a HR role. Um, and then last year, I worked on one of our online uh, super fast delivery propositions. Uh, and then this year, I'm I'm really delighted to be working um, for Tesco as part of the, the sort of shrinking security team. And how did that come about? Was that because you're like, it came about and you're like, I've done a little bit of this before. And you went knocking on a door, give me this. Or how, how did you parachute into it? Um, I, th I think the good thing about Tesco is it's a, it's a great business to just look at the uh, the skills and the opportunity of everybody. Um, and I think at the time, the timing was really good. I was already working in an office role um, and then this position became available. Um, and, and with all these things, you have a number of conversations, look at the skill base you have. Um, and I was really fortunate enough that somebody, um, you know, offered me the opportunity to do this job uh, for Tesco now, which which is a fantastic, um, you know, fantastic role. And I have to say, you know, sort of outside looking in um, the impact that you've made, you know, you've arrived, you sort of opened the, the, the shutters a little bit, engaged with the with the industry as a whole. It feels as if there's some real good stuff. It's a challenging time, but it, it feels like you've really grabbed it with both hands and you're sort of giving the tree a shake and there's there's some stuff happening do you, do you feel like you're winning a bit at the minute uh look it's a great question i think firstly i'm i'm really blessed i've got a fantastic team of people who work in in, in my team uh and we all want to do the same thing but i think what's been interesting and the perspective with with um you know our friends and partners in the other retailers is that we're all trying to solve a really difficult problem and um, we all have that problem um uh and and i think the collaboration across all of the different um retailers that certainly i've been working with has been been fantastic as well as our external partners uh the police you know people like yourself um and other forums where we get an opportunity to share what we're doing and i guess kind of in a very open way describe some of the challenges that we face so i definitely think it's been a real team effort rather than necessarily an individual thing but I've certainly found um, the opportunity of the role and the platform you've got, you know, a really good one to hopefully try and make a bit of a difference. Yeah. And it, and it is amazing that, uh, you know, the, the sort of to see, you know, you and the Tesco brand engage and you see, you know, everybody's delighted to have you at the table. So long may that continue. Now, um, it might seem a bit of an odd question because I doubt there's anybody on planet Earth that hasn't heard of Tesco. But just indulge me for a minute. Give me a little bit of an understanding of the scale of the of the business as a whole. Where does it sit? You know, stores, anything that you can pluck out, just just to give me an overview. And then talk about where you sit within that business and the size and scale of your bit. OK, yeah, well, look, Tesco's, um, you know, like a lot of, um, you know, British companies as an institution, it's been around for over 100 years. Um, we have stores all over the UK um large stores convenience stores we have a strong online proposition uh both in terms of home delivery and then super fast home delivery uh which is which is a fairly new proposition but but really effective and and i guess what we've uh as a business tried to do over the last 30 uh, sorry 100 years is 
is work really hard on how we serve our customers brilliantly well as we can and try and make it that customers can get to us, you know, whenever, however they want to. Um, so, so it is a big business, but, but also a very respectful business of, you know, all of the, the other players that are out there and how we can learn from each other and, and fundamentally just want to listen to, you know, what our customers want from us. Um, in terms of my own role, um, I, I look after everything to do with security um, and, and the safety of that across all of our channels. So large stores, uh, convenience stores, uh, fulfillment and distribution. Um, I'm also responsible for the what we call our hub, which is our intelligence center, um, where we have a team of fantastic people who look after um, the relationship with stores and how we support the police with evidence. Uh, and then part of the portfolio is the the arc and where we have all our alarm monitoring over in Bengaluru. Um, and and we have a culture and capability team as well that look after all of our training and development and communication for our stores. So it's a really broad role. And as I say, uh, there's a fantastic team of people who look after the elements of that security guards as well, obviously a big part of that uh, as well. So um, so yeah, that, that, I guess that's probably the the scale of it really. And that is that is one huge uh, remit to, to 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 take care of. So look, you sit down in the morning, open the laptop up, you know, what on earth does your day-to-day -day look like? I mean, what's taking up the bulk of your time at, at Tesco right now? Yeah, look, again, it's a great question. I, I think in this uh, space, you end up um, planning to do lots of things every day, but then um, unfortunately, as uh, I'm sure you're well, well aware, um, all sorts of things generally happen uh, which you you don't plan for um, and one of the things that's really important to us is that when when those things do happen in our stores uh, and our colleagues are obviously subjected to some things that we're, we're not happy for them to be involved in or experience we want to make sure that we respond to those in the right way so um, that that's always in the back of your mind because you do have to make some choices around what you're doing but the, the plan is really to get that balance right between um, going out and listening to the store teams uh, distribution teams and and our other teams and really hearing what it is they're doing, what they're finding really good, what things are on their mind, what things are getting in the way, where there's complications and, and to try and work out how we simplify those things so people can be really effective. I'm, I'm also really aware that um, a lot of the teams that work, for, you know, indirectly or directly for me also deal with an awful lot of probably dark subjects. Um, so some of the incidents and the phone calls and the things they have to deal with, with the police particularly, can be um, you know, quite difficult situations. So we've always got to think about how we help those people go home at the end of the day, recognizing you know, the great work that they've done and how they've made a contribution, um, but also looking after you know, how they feel. Um, there's loads of work we're, we're doing around uh, training and development of our store teams, how we try and prevent um, some of the incidents that happen and to try and keep everybody uh, safe. Um, and, and we're investing in all sorts of different bits of equipment and kit to, to do that, as well as using all of the tools uh, that we've already got available to us. And then I guess the other bit, which is probably the bit of the role that I, I probably wasn't as aware of until I started, is those external partnerships. So, um, you know, I, you know, the other retailers, uh, we have lots of dialogue with, 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 with the other retailers, my equivalents. Um, and as a peer group, we have some great conversations together about what we're doing, how we're trying to tackle it how we share intelligence between ourselves around some of these organized crime gangs and um, you know individuals that are causing all of us some real challenges but then also how we then work with you know the government the police um, bids 
local councils. So there's there's a there's a, it's a it's a huge spread of different um, uh, people, I guess, that you need to try and work with and liaise with, and planning all that in and trying to give it the right amount of time is is um, is the magic, really. And with all of that to do, it's a good job. You've got a team of 750 supporting you, isn't it, Andy? Otherwise, you'd never get through it all. <laughs> I wish we did. Yeah, it's, um, but no, the, the, the team we've got is, is fantastic and they work exceptionally hard. So um, really blessed to have the team we have. And, and you touched on you know, some of the things that are happening there in terms of rolling tech out and the, uh, and the projects. But, you know, in terms of specific challenges or like top projects that you're focusing on mm. right now, be it from either a people or process perspective or new tech being rolled out. What's sort of top of the list for you? Top, I don't know, one, two, three. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. We, we, we're working really hard at the moment on, on training and about how to help people make the right choices. There's been some really quite disturbing things um, in the media recently about some of the, um, you know, the challenges that some of our shop workers in, in our business, other businesses have to deal with. And, and what we want to do is really make sure we invest time into the people because without the people, we, we don't have a great business really. So that, that's front and center at the top of our list. Um, we've got a load of great kit in stores already. So in our convenience stores, we have door access system that allows our colleagues to open and close and control the flow of customers coming in. Um, so when there are challenging situations going outside, they can protect themselves. And, and again, like most other retailers, headsets, body-worn cameras, um, we have mobile guards who are who are out and about in in our streets, towns, and cities where our stores are. Um, and every store's got a radio to have a contact with them. So we want to really enforce what we've got. Um, we're also working hard on colleague protection screens. So putting a really uh, strong barrier between um, our colleagues who are serving customers and some of those challenges that they face as well. Um, so so they're the kind of key things. And then we've got a team. Uh, that work on the transformation and the sort of future um, thinking things that we want to do and how we can bring some of the 2023 solutions to some of the challenges that we have um, and, and in the next six to 12 months we'll start to see some of that come through but at the moment they're just doing the the development work on those for every type of business the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. 3X Logic. And, and in terms of where the focus is, because, you know, there's a ton of technology out there, you know, retailers are doing different things. Where does that direction come from? Do you sit down there with your senior management team and go, this is where we think we need to look? Is it being pushed down from the board? Where does that direction come from? Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm, there's, a, there's a, another team that we partner. So there's a shrink team and, and obviously I look after the security team. We work very closely together to try and establish what is the right things to do. But we also go out and listen and, and look at, you know, what, what our store teams are are telling us, you know, what are the things that they're experiencing, um, spotting trends in data. And and I think what we do as a business really well is we we kind of go and understand what the problems are and then try and work out what it is we need to do to solve those problems rather than necessarily going out and trying to buy something or develop something without really being clear about what it is we're trying to do with that uh, when we have it. Um, and, and sometimes the way to solve some of those problems isn't always a new piece of development. It might be actually the way we behave, the way we think, the way we interact with certain things. So we have to keep that balance all the time. Um, but the, the business leadership is really clear about safety, uh, obviously, of all of our customers and colleagues. And 
um, everything we do, we'll always have that at the forefront of, of our, all of the decisions that we make. Yeah, and it, and it does feel as if we've reached a, a tipping point over the last few years in retail. I mean, yeah. you know, I remember way back when, you know, it was considered a rite of passage when you sort of regaled stories of, you know, scuffles with shoplifters or if you didn't have a, a, a scratch or two from a tin of something that had bounced off you, it wasn't really, you know, it was all part of the process and, and I remember way back when coming out of my car had been vandalised, all four tyres had been yeah. slashed, sort of shoplifting gang had taken exception to a store. And at the time, it was just sort of brushed off and pat on the back by the area manager, the retail ops. But something shifted, hasn't it? And this has always yeah. been going on, but it feels, did it get so big and so bad that businesses had to react? Has it been bubbling for a while? What, what do you think's made the shift? Because yeah. national well, press now, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a fantastic question. I think you kind of go back five, 10 years ago, it did definitely feel different. I think shoplifting, shoplifting and some of these incidents has always been there. Um, but it does feel, I think, probably around uh, COVID starting and certainly post COVID that things have really um, accelerated quite a lot. Um, I think we've got some challenges that we're facing now across the industry. So this isn't necessarily just a Tesco thing, but we're experiencing things that are happening now that we've never experienced. And I think some of the ways those incidents happen, um, you know, people are carrying now, you know, very serious weapons with them. Um, there are a lot of people trying to really, unfortunately, try and feed certain habits that they may have, um, which again, you know, those individuals really need some help. Um, but we, we definitely have um, a, a real concern about the number of incidents that we're seeing and the growth of those. I think the BRC data was describing 100% growth on incidents that shop workers experienced pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. And I think we, we've quite openly sort of described that we're seeing a 30% increase in those this year on last year. So we're kind of 130% um, up on those incidents from 2019, which is a real concern and, and it's growing at a real rate. So so uh, that that's definitely a real challenge. But I think the thing that really concerns me is when you look at what the incidents are, um, the way people are behaving, the, the things that the teams are having to deal with is is definitely a, a worry. And all of the uh, things that I've mentioned earlier, the systems that we've got and the products we've given our store teams is to try and keep them as safe as possible while serving, you know, the vast majority of our of our really great customers. Yeah, it is. I uh, I spoke at a, a charity retail uh, event recently, and you know, th they're they're experiencing the same. You know, it's it's just across the board. It's not, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, once upon a time, it felt like it was sort of, you know, certain products that were in demand, but it's just cascaded mm. all the way through the high street. So, yeah, it, it's uh, and, you know, thank goodness police and government are involved in, in the conversation, isn't it? Because that's where it's Definitely. gone. So, look, step in different subject for a minute. You know, you've been involved in getting your own way in, in your little departments within Tesco for a number of years. One of the questions that consistently comes up um retail risk events and, and i've heard it elsewhere is is how to influence the board or senior management to get what you want and you know clearly you must have developed a skill for it so if you're hearing about a project or a technology that you think needs to be trialed in the stores how do you go about getting the trial and, and the investment to do that what's your top tips because i assume it's not just forwarding a sales video to the uh, the, the the CEO saying, can I have a couple of million for this, please? Yeah, look, I, th I think uh, 
I think when it comes to this particular space, uh, to, to answer the question from my own perspective, um, we're really fortunate. We've got a, a strap line as a business, which is everyone, every day, home safe. And, and that isn't just a few words. That's a value. It's a principle that we work to. Um, and it, it, in everything that we do and we say, we always think about that, um, you know, very seriously. Um, so in terms of of influencing and trying to get the right solutions that require some investment, um, you know, we like like all organisations, I'm sure, you know, we have, you know, certain um processes you, you know you need to bring that to 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 the table um consider the cost of that and and all the rest of it you know the right suppliers um but fundamentally we're really fortunate in this space that we're always pushing against an open door with um that subject and i think explaining to um all of the decision makers you know what why this is important um what the benefits going to be and when you're talking about safety you know what's going to be you know the, the difference that particular initiative bit of equipment or whatever it is is going to be um is really important i think um we, we are a very data rich company we, we're, we're really fortunate we can put our hands on to information that really help us tell the full picture and story of what's happened and certainly talking to some of my um my colleagues in other retailers that there is definitely um some opportunity i guess for for, for that data to be available and we do talk quite openly about some of the incidents that we all now share and having those incidents and to be able to give a little bit of context to what that means for the, for them and for ourselves does help us have a much broader conversation, which I think is definitely helpful. Um, but but I think when you're in this kind of space, you're always, I guess, pushing against an open door. Um, but it's got to be the the right the right stuff that's going to make the right difference. Yeah, right, right stuff, right difference, and uh, and data driven. It is interesting, you know, whatever it is, pre COVID, five ten years ago, you know, it was just very very difficult for people to get budget and and make progress but it does feel as if you know i've heard some figures banded around that the amount spent um on trying to combat you know crime loss and theft is the same that's being lost as well because if you didn't it would be tenfold if you like in terms of it so the numbers are huge on on all sides yeah I, I, I think um just to sort of reflect back on your earlier question about what's changed and things are different I think one of the, the really big observations would be that the police forces are really stretched, that we would love to have a situation where for every time you had an incident, you get a police officer arrive at the store. We know that isn't the world that we live in. Um, you know, we've had some really progressive conversations with the police minister, the home office, uh, councils, bids and all sorts of different um, you know partners and organisations. And I think you, you sort of mentioned earlier, there's a lot more in the media that definitely feels like there is a conversation happening about this problem across all sectors, all retailers, and all of the exter external partnerships. And I think that's a really healthy thing. So I think we're now talking about it in the truthful bit. Um, I think that one of the really big challenges, and it's really important that we do get this fixed, is that whole aggravating factor for um, prosecution. So we know that that now is a thing, that it went through Parliament. There was the big um, kind of petition that was signed, so it got the debate. Um, and, and, and I think the view would be that there hasn't been enough or a very little amount actually of that been been actually applied um and, and what we need to try and do is work really hard with, with the police and with the, the relevant partners to make sure that those things do happen because at the end of the day we do need to make sure um you know the consequence of some of these things that happens for our for our, our shop workers and colleagues and, and what have you across the whole industry is is proportionate really and that's definitely something that i think we're all asking for yeah i think the the prosecution 
you know, the, the percentage that make it to prosecution and then consequence for the perpetrator is just in, in low, low single digits, isn't yeah, it? So there's yeah. just so little, um, you know, deterrent at this point. So, but you're right, there's a, there's a big conversation. So look, I'm interested in terms of your role, you know, looking after the security, is there, what's your go-to magic? Is there a piece of technology or a process? What What's, what's the thing that, gives you the edge do you feel to to keep on top of what's happening yeah again look a really good question i wouldn't say there's one thing there's not i don't think there is necessarily um a single thing that just makes a huge difference on its own in isolation i think as i said earlier the most important thing i think we've got within our business is the people who work in it you know without that you, you don't have anything and when you listen to what people tell you how they describe the things that they're doing that they enjoy and some of the things that they don't it really helps you understand what it is you need to do um, and it's the right way to approach that. Um, we, we have some great tools, like I say, the door access system, the body one camera, the headsets, all that kind of thing. You bring all that together. What you've then got is, is almost like a number of things then that make a real difference. And, and, and in isolation, any one of those things is good, but when you bring them together, they're great. Um, and, and we know we want to go further, as I mentioned earlier, with things like colleague protection screens. Um, but that that's a really important thing. I think the second thing um, I would probably say is those those relationships with the police, the bids, the BCRPs, um, the forums where we get to talk about things. That's really insightful. Sometimes, if you're looking very uh, initially at your own business, you can think it's just a, you know just happening to you. But when you go out and have those broader conversations, actually, what you do realise is actually it's the same for everybody else. And then how we collectively try and resolve that, I think, is a really powerful thing. Um, and and those broader conversations, I think, really help. So I'm not sure there's one thing. Um, if I'm honest in, in this space, but there's a number of those points that I mentioned that when you bring them together, I think give us a really good, uh, a really good plan. Makes me wonder if there should be a uh, an A4 sheet of paper with the, as a retailer, here's the 10 things you need yeah, to do. Definitely. Um, and, and, and whilst that might seem really obvious to you and some others, you know, the amount of conversations we hear of those sort of mid-level retailers that are wondering whether they should go data mining body worn cameras maybe yeah. there's a there's a there's a list that you go down i've actually heard the police call for this in a kind of best practice yeah as a retailer you need to do these 10 things uh and it's almost do these 10 things and then call us if you've got a problem yeah it, look, you're absolutely right we, we, we're certainly i've had a number of conversations where we're talking a bit like that now kind of what what is it we're all kind of doing and and there's there's two lenses on that one is it's great to know that we're trying to solve the same problem in the same way I also worry a little bit about some of those smaller companies that may not have the ability to invest in some of these tools. And sometimes you have to be mi mindful about what you may do may then have an unintended consequence elsewhere. Um, so the more we can do as an industry together is really important. Um, and, and, and I definitely think that is um, something we need to kind of really consider when we're having these broader discussions. But I do agree there are, you know, almost like the, these are the, the kind of really important pillars of things that if you've got that then you're definitely you know in the best possible shape you can be yeah on, on that sort of unintended consequences i've heard of a couple of vendors uh now extending their arm this is into the charity retail sector and going look you know 80 percent of the high streets sharing this data you know you need to come into this club because we're pretty sure we're going to be pushing you know the bad guys and girls through your door so that just doesn't seem right so yeah, yeah i think that broader discussion does lead to those kind of opportunities 
definitely. But that's where things like the bids can come in, though, because we have these town rangers, we have these partnerships that look after town and city centres, for example. And it's not just one business, it's all the businesses and how we work together to sort of support everybody, I think, is is a responsibility. I think we all want to make sure we take 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 seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, finally, question for you. Yep. Crystal ball time. How do you see the future of the UK excuse me retail in terms of store openings e-com new channels to market and of course the big question is the crime profile yeah look i think the food retail market is a really fierce industry there's a number of players uh doing uh, a great job everybody you know serving customers um bringing together their own innovation so it's always going to be really highly competitive and i think that is a great place because it gives you um, you can't sort of rest on your laurels. You've got to always be on your on your toes and thinking about how you make sure your business is doing the best for its customers uh, to shop in and for the colleagues to work in. And I think we're always going to be, I think, grateful for that kind of pressure in some kind of way because you 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 always got to be doing it, you know, operating at your best. Um, in terms of the crime um, space, I think uh, it's a really it's a really tough question to answer because. All of the data, wherever you get it from and wherever you see it, would indicate we're on an upward curve. And that curve doesn't appear to be flattening at all. Um, what is, I guess, hopeful for the for the immediate future is there are really good conversations taking place now across many different platforms of the right stakeholders, uh, government, home office, police and everything else, as well as retailers. Um, I definitely feel like as a retail industry, we're being listened to more now. The media seems to have got some momentum on this as well, which is helpful. So I think at the moment we've got a little bit of a crest of a wave that we're we're all kind of on, where we've got a, a forum to really talk about this and try and get some traction on it. Um, and I think if if even a third of the things that are being discussed, um, you know, come come through, then I think we'll we'll all be better for it. Um, but I think there's definitely no. Um, appearance anytime soon it's going to get much better which is which is a shame um but i think i think we all understand that and we're all working really hard together to do our best to help make a difference really uh, and we'll continue to do so yeah it's a really challenging one isn't it it's uh it's as if we need a we need a shift in society as a whole we all forgot how to live together during covid and lockdown and yeah. and we need something of a of a reset and goodness knows what that is but it's 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 the world over isn't it and to, to varying is, degrees yeah. I think I think the only other thing I would sort of add to that is is there is a little bit of um, conversation going on about kind of no stop policies in a lot of shops and it it does come out quite a lot and and I think the the thing we always have to remember is safety of our colleagues our security officers and everybody must come customers must come first um, and you know five years ago people weren't walking around with some of the you know the the, the sort of weapons and things and and the, and the sort of mo that they they have now um we have to always consider that so we we can't really have people doing those detaining and stopping like they used to do 10 years ago um and we always don't know we're going to get a police officer turn up and and things escalate really quickly so safety is really important and i think we've got to always have that in the forefront of our mind so while sometimes questions are asked about that it is absolutely the right thing to do for the safety of everybody that shops and works in our in our stores as well as all the other retailers and i think we all pretty much work to the same um the same the same philosophy now yeah absolutely um andy thank you so much for taking no the problem. time to join me today absolutely fascinating thank you for being uh so open and honest about the situation uh, but for now andy sanderson thank you very much indeed thanks so much paul